0: Welcome to another episode of the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Joining me today is Towson head coach Diane Richardson. If you don't know her, you should. She has a really unique journey uh, to where she is today. Longtime college assistant coach uh, at the high school level at a very successful high school in Maryland at Riverdale Baptist, uh, was an assistant at Maryland, American, George Washington, West Virginia, uh, had a background in business before that. She's just a really unique story. And besides all that, she qualified for the Olympics. So we're going to talk to her about all those things and more. Uh, Towson is a program who's playing really well, 17-9. and nine. This is a team that hasn't had a lot of success in recent history, but she's taken over that program and in just year two already made the switch uh, near the top of the standings in the CAA. So we're going to get her on the phone, talk to her about her story and her program at Towson. We'll be right back. This is The Jumper. And welcome back to The Jump Around, and joining me, it is Towson Head Coach, Diane Richardson. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule. Uh, Towson's on fire right now. You guys have won four in a row, so uh, you guys are playing well, and I really appreciate your time today.
1: Well, thank
0: you. I'm honored to be on your, your show. Well, we, uh, we're we going to talk a lot about your team, um, a lot about your program, but first we need to uh, give the people an idea of who you are now I uh, I admittedly did not realize, not only were you a standout basketball player at Frostburg State, you were a standout track athlete, and you actually qualified for the 1980 Olympic team. Uh, that team ultimately didn't uh, compete because the Olympics were in the USSR, but uh, Coach, you were an Olympian. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and it seems
1: like that was so long ago.
0: <laughs> what was it? Um, did- yeah, go go ahead.
1: No, I I really love
0: playing basketball, but I was better at track. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> what um I mean, when you when you go to Frostburg State, which if people don't know, a, a small school um on the coast in Maryland, but um did you ever envision the success that you were able to have there as in both sports, but really with track, did you ever envision being that good that you were amongst the the best in the country?
1: Well, I guess I'm competitive, but I I think I owe it all to my brother who used to pit me against his friends and and run and and kind of bet on me when I was a younger kid. And so um, it it just kind of came natural with me running. And, uh, you know, like I said, I like basketball better, but, you know, my track coaches made sure I was out on the field and running on the track it was kind of the
0: best of both worlds for me. Yeah, that, I mean, pretty incredible. And uh, again, you know, the the uh, U.S. didn't send a team to the Olympics. Was um, was there a bit of disappointment in that regard? I, for me, it obviously it would. I just, what was, what were your thoughts kind of through that uh, whole process? Yeah, it,
1: it, you know, it, was de- it definitely was. You know, you train and you train and you train and we kind of knew early that it was a possibility that we wouldn't go. And so we didn't get to go through all of the Olympic training and all that other stuff. So, you know, at that time, I was at my peak, and I knew waiting another four years just wasn't going to get it. So I just traded in my spikes and got a husband and had a couple of kids. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, you are you and your husband are, are high school sweethearts, right?
1: Well, college sweet- College sweethearts. My first real boyfriend
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah oh man yes that's uh pretty unique in this in in this world especially And know you, you talk to coaches all the time that that uh you don't have spouses because the the coaching world is so crazy but part of that too was for a while you weren't coaching you were you were in the the business world the banking world you're the vice president of the national lending marketing team for Bank of America, which is a mouthful. But uh, so you're in the the business sector and having a lot of success there. What um, you ultimately trade that in to, for a whistle? Walk me through uh, ultimately the decision to walk away from from real business to good business, to a normal working schedule, to this crazy life. Yeah. Well, I
1: did. I did. Start out in uh, the business world and, you know, got my master's degree in in management and finance and went into banking. And from there, I uh, started my own investment firm uh, right outside D.C. and, you know, worked that for a while as a founder and CEO, and we got quite large and were pretty successful. But I knew I owed a lot of that to me being able to go to college and being able to play basketball, to go to college for free, kind of changed my life and so you know looking back at the neighborhoods I came from you know in my business I said you know what I want to help promote girls basketball and kind of be there for them and so we donated a lot of money in the area to help build girls basketball programs and you know of course I uh, went to some practices and got that bug and said oh my goodness okay let's try giving me a team for the summer And in the summer, you know, in AAU, you have the A team, the B team, the C team. I think I got, like, the F team. (laughs) And and coached throughout the summer. We had some success. And and from there, I kind of said, you know, I kind of like this. And I like being involved with the young ladies. And I like talking about what basketball could do for them. And, you know, by then, my company was kind of on cruise control. And so I spent more and more time in the basketball court and went on to be an assistant with my former high school coach and, uh, and you know, just got really into it and, and, you know, continued my career and continued my company, but doing that part-time. And then I went on to Riverdale Baptist High School mm-hmm. and uh, as a head coach and kind of helped to change some lives and mentor some young ladies. And, and from there I thought, man, I, I really want to do this. And, you know, I, went through my company and, and uh, we sold our company after a while so I could spend all my time coaching. Uh, and then, you know, after a while I, we started another company and then I went to bank of America, but I told my husband, I had this one start on when I came home and said my puppy dog, you know, eyes, my looked to my husband and I said, honey, I'm really, I really want to just coach full time. And, uh, he looked at me like OMG. <laughs> and, uh, but he said if that's what you really want to do
0: I'll support you awesome. and it kind of went from there yeah well you you mentioned Riverdale Baptist which if people aren't aware one of the one of the best high schools in the country you um, you're there from 2001 to 2006 and then uh, you're an assistant at, at Maryland and American in between those two stints so your first uh, your first kind of taste of college coaching uh, what was it like you knew you wanted it? Obviously, like you just said. But uh, once you got into the college ranks, um, was it what you expected? Was there anything that uh, you didn't realize about it once you got in?
1: Well, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think my first uh, practice, preseason practice, and uh, you know, strict condition. The coach was warming the kids up. I said, "Oh my goodness, we're going to kill these kids." <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> But you know, it was definitely tough, and you know, I'm playing at the next level in the Division One is a lot different than high school. Yeah. But, but one of the reasons why I, I got out is, you know, we formed another company and had a very good product, and I stepped away um, to to nurture that and build that back with our company. When mm-hmm. um, I came back,
0: <laughs> so yeah.
1: After getting that off the ground and, and doing that for
0: a year or a year and a half, I came back into college coaching and went to GW. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. You, you go back to, to Riverdale too and coach for a second stint there. You go to George Washington and, and you guys had a ton of success. And, and part of that success was, uh, was obviously John Call Jones. And um, you obviously have a unique uh, relationship with her. If people don't know about that, would you, would you mind sharing that with us?
1: Sure. Uh, I was coaching at Riverdale Baptist, and, uh, you know, there was a player there that uh, was an exchange student from the Bahamas, and she played on my team and, and uh, got a scholarship to play. And she called me several years later and said, there's a uh, player in the Bahamas that I think would benefit from coming to America under your tutelage. And uh, then told me about John Quall, and I said, well, I'll give her a call. And I did, and talked to her and her mom, and, you know, Riverdale Baptist is a private school, and, you know, I told them what the tuition is and all that, and they were like, oh, uh, no, we can't
0: afford that. Yeah, right, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so, you know, that kind of ended the conversation. But she, John Paul was so nice on the phone, such a great kid. I would call Bart back periodically to see how she was doing in school and, you know, just checking on her. Mm-hmm. And uh, her mom and her, her dad were great. And, you know, again, I went back to my husband with the puppy dog eyes and said, you know, something. this was probably six or seven months after our first call, and I said, uh, honey, you know, I, this is a great kid, a great family. I think maybe can we sponsor her? And uh, he said, honey, if that's what you want to do, yes. And so she came over with her parents, and they actually – Spent a week at my house with my family, and uh, her mother thought it was a great opportunity for her. She loved our family. She said, I think that John Cole would be great great mature family, and we did the necessary paperwork to uh, give my husband and I guardianship for her, and she was 14 at the time, and uh, she lived with us and, and still does, and um, it's been a great relationship with her and her family, and you know, when she got here, she was 5'9". And so, you know, I was a <laughs> high school coach. I brought her in, trained her as a guard, Then she had a growth spurt. So, <laughs> a little so, bit. A little bit of a growth yeah, spurt. So, yeah, so now she's six, seven, and can go <laughs> coast to coast and, you know, drop times <laughs> and all that other stuff. But it's been a great, great experience with her. She's our family, you know, one of our family, one of our four kids and you know, she's basketball has been very good to her and good to her family as well. So we're pretty proud of her and what she's doing in the league. Well, and then she went to uh, she she ended up transferring to GW when I was coaching.
0: Yeah, I I was going to say, so you start by just you're you're moved in your heart to to help this kid out from <laughs> overseas to sponsor this little five foot nine guard. And well, she, she yeah. comes in, uh, as she grows over a foot, uh, she ends up yeah. coming to GW with you and becomes a dominant force in college. And now is one of the best bigs in the WNBA. I mean, that, that you can't even, you could have made that situation up at the beginning of your talk with her and you would have believed it, right? Right, right. And she's worked hard.
1: She, she worked hard and, um, was always willing to work. You know, she's, she's, uh. She's very a
0: very nice kid and very very coachable. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's been uh, she's been so much. Oh,
1: her and my youngest
0: son are inseparable. I think they're in cahoots against me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's uh, that's great. Uh, well, yeah, John Quell's become one of the most fun and enjoyable players to watch in the league. Uh, there at the Connecticut Sun, but um, at GW, you guys again, you have some success. Uh, and you end up, after your fourth year, you go um, you go to West Virginia uh, for just a season. And you c- you clearly are, are a DMV girl. Now, I know, obviously, West Virginia falls a little <laughs> bit out of that, but uh, that must have been yeah. far from home for you, huh? Yeah, it's a little bit
1: of ways. I, I've uh, lived in the same house for 20 years. So that wow. was a, a big change for me. And, you know, I went up to Morgantown and had a great, great year there in Morgantown. And wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah.
0: Well, twenty years in the same house, like in coaching, as you you're aware, that's that's impossible.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, you know, and, and 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 luckily for me, um, you know, I got to coach in in all these different places and still live in my same house, and uh, it was a blessing for me. But you know, I also had the the luxury of of choosing where I went sure um you know to kind of stay here and and even when I went away to West Virginia, we still you know my family was still here
0: yeah, yeah. well after that year the the Towson job opens up uh and you get it and For people who don't know, uh, Towson, uh, the town is a beautiful town. The school is a beautiful campus. Um, But it's a program that hasn't had a ton of success lately. Uh, What was it specifically about the job that appealed to you for you to take it?
1: Well, you know, again, being a DMV girl, I've been a fan of Towson. And and several of my high school players came here to Towson to play. Mm -hmm. And so I had a relationship with Joe Matthews, who was the former coach, and then when Nikki Ketler was here as well. So you know, I, I've been a fan of Towson, and you know, like I say, I've always been a fan, and now I am a part of it. And so it was good to one come here to a program that I was uh, familiar with, and number two, to be able to come back home.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that I'm always I always ask this of, of coaches, you. From Riverdale to Maryland to American to GW to West Virginia, you are a part of successful programs that won games. Uh, and you take over your first collegiate head coaching job at Towson, and you win nine, and you, and you guys go nine and twenty-one. So uh, a lot of losing. Now you took over the program knowing it was a rebuild, but really that's the first time that you've really in a long time, you you know faced that, faced a lot of losing as opposed to winning a lot. What was that like in year one going through those trials?
1: Well, you know, obviously it, I didn't like, like that losing part, but but just like when I started the program at Riverdale Baptist, I knew that if we spend a lot of time on skill development, that they would get better and the wins would come. And what we're seeing this year now is that that is what happened. Yeah. So, you know, we my staff, and I've got to, you know, Give a shout out to my staff, knowing that and bringing them in on, a, on a the sta- on my staff. I knew that we had to to spend time in developing the players. You know, especially because when we got here, these were players that we hadn't recruited. So sorry, my apologies. <laughs> these were players that we hadn't recruited. So uh, we knew that we had to work with them and work with what we had. And then this year, we brought in some more to work with those that were already here. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well, it worked. <laughs> you guys go from nine and twenty-one. You're seventeen and nine. You're eleven and four in conference. That turnaround that that doesn't usually happen that quick. Uh, what's it been like for your players then? Um, have, I mean, have they been balled in from the start, or what's it been like for them to see the that switch uh, happen so quickly? Um, you, you know, and then to believe in
1: their themselves and. You know, I, I'd like to give young ladies, a dad confidence. And, you know, we were working on that, again, a lot last year. And, and they've come around, and they're confident. They're playing confidently. And, and this is the result, you know, with the new kids coming in and the, the kids that were here. And we're building their confidence and getting them better. And so it's been a, a great change, both culturally and with the chemistry and all. So we're seeing the results of all of that.
0: If people haven't watched you too, you've got uh, you've got a nice team. You've got some talented players, but Kiana Jeter is—I mean, that kid is like what? What is she doing at Towson? I mean, that kid is unbelievable. And I mean that as high praise to her and to you and your staff. Uh, her impact—I mean, just looking at looking at her while you're watching is—it stands out immediately. Mm-hmm. But just um, if you could just talk to me a little bit about yeah. her, she's a special talent. She
1: is a very special talent, and. And i tell you, and I had that conversation with Kiana as well, I had not seen her play. But when I talked to her on the phone and when I, you know, I had an opportunity for her to come and visit, talk to her grandmother, she reminded me so much of a young leaf. Hmm. And I knew that, you know, this kid would be special just from her personality. And when I saw her on the court, oh, my, <laughs> she, um, she is, she's a, you know, tough, tough basketball player. And, and again, just the way she was and the way she plays reminded of me of me you know, way back in the day. Mm. And uh, she's been very special. And I think we have a a like a like kindred spirit for each other because she's like a mini-me. Sometimes I can just give her a look and she knows exactly <laughs> what I mean. But she's done a lot of great things on the court, a lot of great things uh, being a leader on the court and without, with this team. And we've all rallied around each other,
0: actually, to, you know, to, to win some games. Yeah. Uh, You guys are a team that kind of, you don't really mind winning uh, however you need to. Like you'll, you're happy to score in the 80s, the high 70s if you want to. But then even your last game against Elon, you won 59 to 50. You go earlier uh, in your conference season, you beat Drexel and Delaware in the 50s as well. Um, so you're a team that kind of does it all. That's, I, I think that's unique as well. Whereas some teams have to do it one way or the other. Um, how have you developed a, a style and a personality to a, you know, a, a Diane Richardson coach team that has been able to, to be flexible like that?
1: Yeah, well we, you know, we, we go into the game and, and we want to play our style, which is up-tempo, you know, uh, break and, and pressing and, and, you know, We just kind of play, try to play our game, and and, and sometimes it results in a lot of scoring, and then sometimes it results in our defense having to, you know, to stop them. So, you know, we kind of adjust each game as it goes along. Mm.
0: With you guys right now, again, I mentioned 11-4 and in conference. You guys have won four in a row, uh, three games left in the regular season, and they're all at home. How do you specifically – how do you – approach your team as you're gearing up for the CAA tournament. Uh, do you guys change what you do? do you you know do you uh, do you have do you talk about goals of winning the CAA what, how do you guys kind of approach this last stretch of the regular season to make that postseason push?
1: Well you know in the beginning we, we talked about the opportunity that we have and this road that, that winds around to get to the championship. so we know that the road is going to be long and it's going to be hard. You know, however, we, you know, look at the game right in front of us, and we know that at any time we can be knocked off that road, and so we've got to concentrate on the the opponent that we're about to see. So we haven't talked about the tournament um, to our team. We're just getting prepared for each game, and I, I think keeping them focused on that kind of makes us more driven and more, you know, more focused on winning game by game.
0: What is uh What does a practice look like for you? What's uh, I'm just curious. With if I walk into a Towson practice at the beginning, what am I going to see?
1: Well, you're going to see, and we still do skill development. We have a session each day of skill development. We we have the position coaches working with the position kids, our post kids, our guards, our wings. So we don't stray away from that, um, you know. And, and and we get into our defense, obviously, and and uh, we're up tempo and we're pushing our, our our practices are kind of like fast-paced, like we want the game to be, mm-hmm. so that we're thinking and acting and reacting and stuff like that. So, we'll, you know, we're, it, it'll be a fast-paced game. Our practice plans are planned to the minute, um, and we have goals that we try to get. And then we have a scout team that really pushes us as well. Mm-hmm.
0: With, uh, with you, you, you come in wanting to play that style, and, and, and you've obviously instilled that really successfully. But I'm curious... How have you evolved from last year, your first year as a college head coach, to this year? Have you changed any? Have you adapted any? And if so, uh, how?
1: Well, I I came in with a plan to play up-tempo. You know, last year's team didn't have all of the players that kind of fit that mode. So we're more into that up-tempo style this year with having some time and working with the players that return and then you know, molding the, the players that we recruited with eight new players. So we're now able to run that style more so than we did last year. Yeah,
0: okay. Um, this one's a little bit of a different question, but uh, I just wanted to bring it up. You know, every school um, has a play-for-K game. Uh, they have certain, you know, they have the pink games. They have other games. Uh, a unique one that you guys had, though, that that stuck out, I wanted to ask you back uh, on the 17th of February, when you played College of Charleston, you guys had an autism awareness game. Uh, you don't always see those games. So is there, um, I was just curious, is there a connection for you uh, with with that disease that, or not disease, but with autism that uh, made you guys want to do that game? Yes,
1: yes. I have Two of my children are on the autistic spectrum. Um, and so uh, Pat Skerry, the men's coach here, also has a son on the spectrum, and Don Metal, our volleyball coach here, has a son on the spectrum. Wow. And when I got here, Pat Scarry had been doing an autism awareness game on the men's side. Okay. And uh, wow. this this past year, we all got together, said to coaches, and uh, we all are a part of this awareness campaign. And all of us are doing, uh, or have done, an autism game, an autism awareness game, and. All of our teams participate in community service events dealing with autism as
0: well. Wow, uh, I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. What's that? What is uh, if you don't mind me asking? What What has that been like with with having two children on that spectrum? What um, has it? Uh, how has it? How has it been?
1: It, you know, you know, it's whenever you have a special needs children, it's a, it's a struggle sometimes. My oldest daughter uh, is more you know, profound than my youngest son. And so they're two different two different things. My, my oldest daughter needs 24-hour care, where my youngest son is probably smarter than I am. <laughs> but <laughs> she has some social issues. So um, it's been different. And and yeah. But I've got to say that, you know, my, my oldest daughter is 34, and so she's been a part of my coaching life. Mm. And all of my players that I've ever coached, has been a part of our family and with Dana. And and so that in itself has made them become aware of special needs people and their compassion for it and their understanding of it. And so if you talk to any player that has played for me, you'll know, they'll know they're aware of it and they, they know how to deal with it. And, and I think it's been a good part of their growing up. So you know, Dana is a, a big part of us, and she's a, 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 being a female, she's around our teams quite a bit, and they absolutely love it. Awesome. And she loves it, too. She really thinks she's
0: pretty cool. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's great stuff. Um, I, I got just two more questions for you. One, uh, on that same note, uh, your next game against James Madison uh, is black student-athlete celebration. Um, obviously... Um, you are black and there (laughs) has been uh, plenty of discussion uh, recently, which makes me happy because we need to keep having discussion. But, um, you know, we don't have a a ton of black head coaches uh, in this business. And uh, for you, I'm sure that fact's not lost on you. Um, I'm just curious, uh, is that not specifically you, you know, being a black head coach, mm-hmm. uh, but is it mm-hmm. is this a discussion you have with your players uh, about these things? Because obviously the majority of your athletes are also black. So I'm just curious about you, in your position and 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 the uniqueness of it. Is this a discussion you have with your players? I I, I don't
1: um, like have to have a discussion with my players because they see it. Mm. You know, and they see it, and, and, uh, you know, I happen to be on the WBCA Diversity and Inclusion Committee, and we discuss that quite often. Um, But, you know, we as as black head coaches try to be mentors to young ladies to let them know that it can be done Mm. and not to look at the glass ceiling, but it can be done. And, you know, the the few of us that have made it try to be great representatives of, you know, African-American women in this coaching business. And so, yeah, I think I'll, my actions speak louder than any
0: words can say to them. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I agree with you. And and so, uh, on that note, y- your actions have spoken well. You are highly regarded amongst your peers. You're having a great second year as a head coach. Your, your team really is playing so well. Um, have you had the time? Have you allowed yourself to take the time to kind of revel in the fact of, hey, we're doing something pretty cool here.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> not, I know. Three games to I go. know. We're I just had to ask. Go. I had to ask the question. <laughs> I had to ask. Yeah. Like I can't. I not get caught up in that stuff because I
0: definitely don't want our players to.
1: Because you know we've got a long road. This is mm. still a long road, and you know we we have goals, and, and we we're trying to meet them. And I think we're short of our goals right now. So there's no time okay. to celebrate. um right now but i would like to get to the beach and that's what i tell my kids we're on this long road and that road ends at the
0: beach (laughs) okay fair enough all right (laughs) i'll ask you the question again at the beach all right but that's a fair (laughs) counterpoint by you um last thing and i'll get you out of here um for people who aren't familiar haven't watched you guys haven't um you know haven't paid attention what's what would you say to them? What's the selling point of why they should pay attention, why they should watch, uh, why they should flip on ESPN3 and tune in and watch you guys? Uh, what's your What's your selling point about your program?
1: Well, I think we're exciting. Like, I think we play an exciting style of basketball. I think and once you look past the basketball, you'll look at our players and see how tenacious they are and how... You know, up tempo they are, and how positive
0: they are, and how work, how hard they work. But I think, from an entertainment value, I think we're 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 a good team to watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, I've watched you. Uh, I have. Uh, I'll co-sign that. Uh, you guys are fun because you are up Uh Again, Towson seventeen and nine this season, eleven and four in the CAA. They will wrap up their regular season with three straight home games starting Sunday against James Madison, which is uh, must tune in and watch that one. Uh, two of the best teams in the conference, but coach, thank you so much for taking the time and, and sharing your story a little bit with me today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so
1: much. Great.
0: Well, thanks again to Diane Richardson, head coach of Towson university for joining me today. Thank you for listening. Whether it's your first time, you've listened to a couple or you've listened to every episode, it's really appreciated. Uh, whether it's on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you listen on iTunes, if you could leave a rating and a review, that would be really helpful. You can find me always on Twitter at Blake Dudonis. And until next time, this is a jump round.